Noise is about to start. Dave Finn, you're very welcome along. Good, uh, good afternoon. Jeez, it's still technically good morning. I have no idea. This is a strange time to be standing on any terrace for one game. I know. i got to go commentating in a few minutes. Uh, William Davis, very welcome along. Indeed. Good morning, everybody. What are you expecting from today? Uh, I'm expecting and hoping for a very good performance, but I'm not expecting a win. Really? Glasgow, top of the table, won the last six encounters against Connacht. Yeah, they have done, and they are at top of the table, and they're playing the best rugby in the Pro 12 all season, and they've got a really strong side out to play the brand of rugby they want to play. Dave, I'll give you this stat. Glasgow, first half of games, they have the most tries in the first 20 minutes of a game in the Pro 12. They're, they lead the league with 12. They lead the league for the second 20 minutes of a game with 18. That's not a good sign from a conic point of view, who, incidentally, are bottom of the league in both of those categories with four tries and six tries. They really do struggle in the first half, Connick whereas Glasgow put teams away in the first half. Yeah, you're not doing much to make people feel optimistic. No. <laughs> um, but stats mean Jack on a bit before again. William's right. This is a horri- This is t- a team missing an entire international backline, and they still have 22 internationals in the squad, and Josh Rose, who is only not an international because he's not been in Scotland long enough. This could be anything. This could be an absolute massacre, or it could be one of the greatest performances. I have no idea. And I think nobody in the crowd does, because there's a tension here that we haven't felt before. Edinburgh got five points last night. We now know we have to win, and I think that's creating. We could get away with not winning up till now. Now we have to win. We're four, five points behind. You can feel it in the crowd. They are very, very, very strong in the back line. Powerful forwards. We have had brain farts every game since Christmas. These guys will murder us if we have any brain farts. <laughs> Enjoy, guys. Thank you, we will. <laughs> Dave, it's half time. It was going very well up until about the 35th minute, but Connacht now 19-6 down. Three very soft tries, really. Brain farts. Three brain farts. Brain fart in the scrum. Brain fart in the missed tackle. Brain fart in the intercepted part. The only three mistakes probably we've made in the entire half, and they've got three tries from it. It's, it's shattering. I mean... I was worried about the atmosphere before the game. I thought there was a tension in the air, and I thought the first minute was bore. And then we hit the scrum, and that scrum we destroyed them. We are just, we are just, and yet somehow we're destroying in the scrum, and we've given away a penalty from them. We've given away a try from the scrum. Put your hands together for this afternoon's mini rugby action. Uh, it's just Young shattering. It's shattering for the players. It's shattering for the crowd. There is no way Glasgow on this performance this are 13 so points better than us. They are probably they are the better. T- they are a better team than us, but not today. And somehow we're going in 13. Down, and I can't explain it. We've missed two kicks a goal, and we've made three mistakes. And somehow we're 13. We're, we're down by seven. We're down by 13 points half time. I have no explanation for it. And I, if Pat can get them up, even a bonus point at this stage, could it be argued that they're just playing like a top of the table team, and they've taken their chances? They're quite confident, even though they haven't been playing well. They never panicked. They never panicked. I mean, if that was us in the situation, we panicked. Um, they thought that they, they, they knew they weren't playing well, but they knew chances would come because we're coming. We give we give the opposition chances. Let me just let me just record this. So, Dave, why didn't you do a full-time audio? Like, this is why we miss Alan now. Because I can't the, believe I used those words. Because the guys who pay me want me to do their stuff first, and you don't pay me. Lads, <laughs> uh, well, 
Well, that is true. That is true. <laughs> but like, lads, I, I can't quite believe that, uh, that, that, you know, Alan, like, we, we just needed to show we didn't need the guy. And sure enough, we've proven we do. Oh, well, sorry, I didn't hear that. Sorry. We just needed to prove that we didn't need Alan today. And you guys have just, like, you've yeah, cocked the, it up. The, it's just the man who got Deegan Jr. to help him out. I mean, if anybody needs a Deegan, it's you. Because you've... Use the Deegan. Well, <laughs> yeah, it was, it, look, it was all a bit fraught. There was no programs in the media room. There was no, no wasn't. That's sheets. true. Everything was just a bit odd. We had a strange, Hold back on your rant. <laughs> I haven't got to my rant. There's a strange guy on the PA who decided to turn up the music to a level that was almost <laughs> making your, my fillings rattle, um, but was actually a bit better to pick it. Well, he was a better making the announcements, so he did it, misidentify the players. It just had a strange early kickoff feel to it today. It did. And well, what was your thoughts on full time? Oh, thank God it was full time. Um, oh, God. About 20 minutes, with about 10 minutes to go, I looked down and realised there were still about 4,500, were about four, three and a half, four thousand people through. Because I have been at under 20s matches with 200, with less than 20 people here, and they've made more noise. It went flat so quickly, which is understandable. I Try think, number four for Glasgow being the point, yeah. Actually, I got back before that, I think, the missed kick in front of the post. Oh, yeah. I think that totally deflated everybody. It deflated the team, it deflated yeah. the crowd. And then they did their 74th quick tap off on the 22, and uh, that caught us out. Like. Everybody knew it was going to be. Matawala is just. He's he's a predictable, un, predictably unpredictable. As in, you know he's going to do something like a quick tap at the, at the, on the twenty-two, and he did. And then well, they give it to the sensible boy, and he did exactly the same thing. And we're like, it's like, it's like we weren't expecting it. So no, they've been doing it all game, guys. Ah, uh, it's just. Uh. What were your thoughts on full time, William? Uh, very disappointed, really, by the performance, which was so bitty. And it lacked conviction. I thought we didn't really have any belief today in what we were doing. They were, they didn't have to be great, but they had conviction. When they got their chance, they took it. That's why they're top of the league. Um, we were always, even even when we started well in the first twenty minutes, we were still sort of chasing the game, and everything was happening very quickly, and it was a bit panicky, uh, and then. Just before half time, I mean those 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 three tries in it. Oh God, you just kind of knew at that stage this is this is dead in the water. And you remember my stat just before the start? I was about to. I was in the process of going. I'm going to really rub it into Rob that his stat is wrong. Why? I'm absolutely going to rub it in. It was six five or five minutes ago. I'm going. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah right. I'm going. Rob is wrong. And I went. No, Rob is absolutely <laughs> right. It's <laughs> just so predictable. They score tries before half time more than any other team in the league. Okay, so we call that the end of the post game chat, and then we'll get mm. on to the normal podcast. Let's have a little chat about that game then. Uh, Lindley McKenzie joins us this week in the podcast. Welcome back, Lindley. It's been quite a while, but it's good to have you back. It's um, lovely to be here on a beautiful sunny day in Galway, isn't it? I know. And it, look, we're surprised because we thought the weather was going to be off today. But I tell you one thing, 10 tries, two games, Connacht have hit the top two sides in the league and boy, has it hurt. It's pretty much to be expected in many ways if you consider the, the lack of depth that Connacht have in their squad when you're up against sides that have been basically in the top four for the last four or five years. I mean, if you look at Glasgow, Glasgow have been in the top four for four years. Every year they've had an incremental um, improvement from fourth place to third place to second place. This place that this year they're looking for first place. Ospreys have always been there or thereabouts. And when you look at those squads, their experience, the numbers that they have, and you have look at Connacht, which is in this position for the first time. I, it's disappointing, but it's also a very big learning curve for them. You know, Padlan mentioned the fact that, look, the experience is huge. 
Yeah, but that still doesn't account for some of the errors that are made. They're, they're not about a, a, a experience. They're just about doing the right things, which you do at any stage of the season. Um, yeah, it's nice to be relevant. Uh, well, to, to have been relevant. I'm not sure we're relevant anymore. Oh, yeah. Um, the downside really is in the scheduling. We've now played three of the top. They might now be the first, second and third in the league in our last three games. And the golf has been very, very obvious to see. And it goes down, obviously, to bigger squads, more experienced players and injuries. But I was a little surprised during the week um, by some of the things that Pat was quoted as saying. Mm -hmm. And I have to assume that the media representatives were passing them on accurately. (laughs) He was really getting his excuses for this game in before it started. And we got all about the injuries and the 17 players out of 40 or whatever it is who are injured. Really, that's... That wasn't the issue today. The issue today was they had a game to play and win, and we didn't play very well. We gifted it to them. Well, I disagree about that they didn't play well. I thought their first 20 minutes was probably some of the best rugby I had actually seen Connacht play. They played with huge intent and with huge aggression at the breakdown. It's just unfortunate that they were unable to continue to execute against a team of, of Glasgow stature. Our staff man, Danny, just was called in. He wants to get in the middle of this for a second. Danny, thanks for all your help today, but do you have an opinion? Uh, just agreeing with Lindley. Um, I felt Glasgow, they played the smarter smarter rugby. During that 20 minutes, we had, what, a scrum uh, line-out. They gave away maybe two, three penalties, and that scrum killed five minutes for how many resets? Four, maybe? Five. Uh, five. five. Very clever from you and Murray. Yes, and then we, we end up giving a free kick away. That, as a player... Myself, if you do that, you're, you're that's such a mental uh, shock to you. Mm. You know that that's head goes down a little bit. You need to pick it up, but they they did that too often. Glasgow did that all day. The penalty count was something like eight two at half time. You know, we I think talked they, about thirteen two at one point. Too. Thirteen or two at one point. Like Glasgow got away with a lot today. I felt. I put that to D- Dave. I put that to Pat Lamb. I was wondering if the yellow card didn't come soon enough. And was that key? Like, Danny t- thought it was key when we were chatting earlier, Danny. What, what do you reckon, Dave? I don't think it makes any difference. Okay. It's how you utilise it. I mean, yeah, I think... I think I thought Mitri was fine. I thought he's made, he was clear. Um, I thought his touches were appalling, but that's just me. Um, but I do think... And the one thing I will criticise Mitri about was, yes, you're right. If you're talking about massive amounts of penalties being given away in the same but again again and again someone has to go I feel very sorry for Tommy Seymour because that was the first thing he did wrong all day yeah. and he gets put in the bin Fusaro's was a high tackle that's what it was yeah I got that they were, late, they were lazy they were lazy I mean there was a there was a kickoff and the, the second row just ran straight into Alton Deland that's they they were rattled for a few minutes in the first 15 minutes and then they realised that oh we gave an early shove in the middle Jack started to miss miss a couple of kicks a goal. We missed two pounds. Something, something going. Well, if we just we know the other teams know, and the better teams know. And we said we're monster, and we saw it also, and we saw it today with Glasgow. The other teams know. At some point, I've said it before the game. We'll have a brain fart, and they will, and we will cough up seven points. And they just will. They're going to do it. They're going to do it. Ah, they've done it. Let's get a try. Yeah. And they did. For example, of brain farts, <laughs> there are a couple. Uh, their first try where we got caught out, and there was a nice little backdoor offload, but came from an error from Connacht and a bit of silliness. Yeah, the ball popped out of the scrum, and I'd like to see it again mm. because it could have been a, probably should have been a penalty against Glasgow but I'll give you a real example of that William like the second 
second try that Glasgow got. I mean, we're in there 22 after Robbie Henshaw's brilliant break and great work from Danny. And a bad line out, then Matt Healy has a clear brain fart and touches the ball that he didn't need to touch, goes in, gives them the platform and they go and score. Yeah, and that's probably why they're top of the league because they've probably been doing the, it's the small things and they've probably been doing that all season when they've needed to just before half time as I said before it started this podcast carry on <laughs> alright we'll give you that one Rob it's a great start it's start of the year we'll, 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 you'll get your it's definitely better than Alan's we beat Ulster on the Saturday in April standard yeah, yes it is I'll, I'll give you that um you just wonder about the mindset. Did Connacht really believe they could win this match? And did Glasgow ever believe they wouldn't win the match? What do you reckon, Lily? Is the belief there in terms of, like... I think there's huge belief in the players themselves. I, I do believe that because otherwise they might as well pack up and go home. And the, the, why does it drop off? But, but it drops off because of an experience. Yeah. I mean, collectively and individually. And Pat always goes back to that issue about mm. they have to be on top of the game as individuals and collectively. And, it, I, I mean, look at that back line. I mean, it's very inexperienced. Mm. I mean, and you're up against a back line like Glasgow's. But the Aki is a star, and you be hope- still didn't have, and they still didn't have uh, several of their internationals. Van der Merva, Lamont, all missing. They yeah. kept Peter Murchie on the bench. Murchie's but Lee Jones's captain's on the bench. Uh, Duncan, <laughs> Duncan Weir strolled on with ten minutes to go to replace Peter Gossick as man of the match. Um, we had our fifth choice lock starting today, and I thought he had a, for a guy who's only had three games. I thought Dylan put in a, a yeah. good performance. I think Muldowney has been leading the team, has been pulling this team everywhere. But I think once it goes, once it gets, once it gets to the rook, I think after the rook, I think we're in trouble, and I do think it is collective experience. And I think they're starting. And as the game went on, when things didn't go right, you could see guys were snatching. And Robbie's doing his best, and Bundy will fight and fight and fight for that extra yard. Yeah. But it's almost becoming individualistic. The individual stuff is brilliant, but collectively, it's just not working. So at that's it. So Aki comes in, plenty of strength. He has a bit of experience mm. in terms, of even though he's young. And Henshaw has loads of experience now. No matter how you can nearly disregard his age. But but the problem is there isn't enough around them, and they end up having to do it themselves. Is that fair? Yes, and maybe that that, that leadership of is lacking. That. Possibly we could come back to that Mills Miliona supply in several of the matches where Before he Christmas, would, yeah. where he would um, advise players where to go, where to stand, what's coming, hold the ball, and he would advise players. That certainly is missing from them, and it's not through it's not through want of effort. It's just it's the pressure that they're under that's with the inexperience. I think it takes its toll. If they weren't under pressure they'd be able to perform as we would expect them to perform. But when you come under pressure all the time, concerted pressure from a team like Glasgow, I think that's when the inexperience tells. Well, we don't have an out-half yeah. worthy of the name, really, I'm afraid. Uh, I thought he'd, I mean, he'd, he'd a poor game today. He's a young kid. You don't want to pick on kids. But he's they're pivotal to the way modern rugby is played. He missed four kicks at goal, one of them straight in front of the posts. He gave out a couple of shocking passes, which killed backline moves, people trying to pick the ball up off their ankles. And then he's replaced by the non-entity that is me and Akora, who's been here for years and does his stuff but isn't good enough. The best out half is obviously um, Craig Ronaldson, um, but he gets injured in the warm-up uh, and is out apparently for the rest of the season. Again, not, in, not in this, didn't get injured in this match, but got injured in the match yeah. against Ulster. And on, until they fix that issue next season is just going to be a repeat of this season. How are you going to fix that issue? They've no money left, as Pat Lamb said. 
Well... He didn't say those exact words, I should say. He said... I, th- I, th- I think we... I'm going to hope that it's, it's just that Jack mentally at the moment is frozen. He, he, the kicks got to him. The missed kicks got to him. And he got to a stage where he was actually hesitating on his pass, which means that Bundy... And it happened in all, every back got a ball, at least at one stage, where he'd been ready to run onto it. There'd been a slight hesitation, maybe of a second, and he again gets the ball and he's static. I think I'm hoping for Jack's sake that it is just a case of he's going through a rough patch mentally. And I'm hoping for that, because if the money isn't there, then we are looking at the three guys again next year. And Craig is brittle. Jack is mentally not there at the moment and Maya does I'm not as harsh on Maya as William is people are always going to have different opinions but I think Maya does things nicely but this is not we're not in a position there where we need things done nicely we need things done well and I think there's a big drop off Jack could become well could become a guy who, who does things well and Reich but not at the moment. He just and I think he's had a few bad performances and I think he is starting to get to him because he's and weirdly He's a better coming off the bench. When he starts, it seems to exaggerate. His, he, he starts to panic. But you see, that's that's yeah. the, that's that's the the bet or the punt that uh, Pat took when he allowed Dan Parks to depart and brought in possibly Mills with that with with the money that was um, from Dan Parks. So he took a punt on developing those three players: Craig Ronaldson, Jack Carty, and he had Meyer. And I think. I think, like you, I think William's a little harsh on Maya calling him non-entity. I found that quite an outrageous thing to suggest about a player who's given his heart and soul to this team and has never put a foot wrong. Yes, he has his limitations, like every other player, um, but I think he has done um, good service to Connacht over the years, and he has a nice crisp pass. He gets the back line moving, possibly not as uh, strong in his kicking game as, as some players. Jack is obviously a young player who's got huge potential. This is his first. This is his first season in playing, you know, professional rugby. All right, let's go back to William on that. Let's go back to William. Why is not good enough for this level of rugby? And we know that. And I mean, all the opposition teams know it. He he probably knows it himself. He does what he does, but he's he's never going to come on and change a game. It's never going to happen. The Jack Cardy situation is difficult because if you're in a winning side where you can be brought in with experience, then you can settle in. Mm. So maybe he has frozen. Maybe he has to go back, start again next season. But he hasn't incrementally improved at any stage, in my opinion, this year. And the goal kicking, four four kicks missed. You just you, you can't play modern rugby. Sometimes you have to go back before you can go forward. Yeah, but Dave, I kind of like look. I mean, I'm not going to get into the wording of, of what we say about Nakora, but like, I mean, I can't pick out. I can't if I let's say I was defending Nakora, I can't pick out a game where he has come on and changed the game. And as for Jack Hardy, I can't pick out an area of his game today that I can say, ah, that's an area where Jack's improved, which is what you're arguing because Jack but needed to have the mental strength to see those kicks. I think it's, I think we. I, I think we're being incredibly harsh. I think I think at the moment he is playing with a lack of confidence. I think Maya is playing with a lack of confidence. I think the only out half that was playing with confidence was Craig because I think Craig in his own head has believed he is number one out half. And Craig is but Craig is brittle. Now you could probably hit the nail on the head there. In his own head, it's the self confidence that Craig brings to the game that the other two don't at the moment. But that's also because they think Jack Jack is clearly thinking it's a come with it. Jack isn't his kicking is going off. So that adds to his, his mental the mental pressure he puts him under himself. Also maybe if Craig thinks he's number one, maybe Jack doesn't think he's number one. Craig starts that sort of thing can all build up and it meets yeah. a situation where he's not playing he is not playing well but if, if this is what's in our heads what's in their heads <laughs> but, but, I'm, but I'm going to put it this way 
we're not. I'm not writing Jack off. I'm just thinking at no, the moment. Yes, I, I don't think. think I don't think William is. I don't think anyone. I think is. next season, if we haven't brought another half, I think Jack will be so much better a player because he has gone through this ni- this nightmare phase that he's going through. And I think he's. We have to realize it is a nightmare phase he's going through. But it's a phase. It's not his career. Well, we have two. We do have two out halves who are reasonably young and gaining experience. And Craig Ronaldson. And why would we get another out half? You don't think no way another out half because like like you look at Finn Russell. Because he's a young out half going so well. I mean, obviously money is why you don't get another half, but let's leave that aside for a second. But that, that is the issue. Yeah, you can't leave that aside. <laughs> you see, that is the yeah. issue. We don't have the money. Okay. Which talks about cycles and everything. Hey, let's, let's park this and let's listen to uh, D- uh, Dan Parks. I was about to say listen to Dan Parks. Is he coaching Connacht? Let's try that again. <laughs> <laughs> let's listen to Pat Lamb, who is coaching Connacht. And, uh, you know, he wasn't completely down, uh, down-spirited, if that's even a sentence. Uh, have a listen to him. That's the worst link I've done all season, isn't it? It's okay. It's Shakespearean. You're inventing words. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> Pat Lamb. First of all, Pat, um, you know, there's no point in looking at it any differently. These last two games have been this mixture of some high-octane rugby. The crowd have probably been really entertained, yeah. but they've also been this mixture of a lot of tries conceded as well, and that's probably going to frustrate you. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I suppose the, the main thing for us was we needed to start well and, and bring a lot of energy was, was was a real focus, and we did that. And uh, But, you know, we had a, about 20, 20 minutes uh, into the game and we uh, we only had six points where we missed a few opportunities there and against a team like this we said that you have to take them. Um, and then there was a key moment, I think it was around the 26th minute, where was, um, so we should have been further ahead than 6-0. Um, and then we had a, a scrum and, and the halfback took the ball out of the scrum and um, the ref was on the other side, they didn't see it. So, And then they got a chance into the 22 and that was a big focus to keep them out of our 22 because they, let's face it, there's 37 internationals in that squad and the big units and we even I ran out there and again today I was looking at them, we just had to keep them away from that area and they came at us and we generally had good shape and then we made one bad mistake where we overcommitted at Rucks and they they caught us with the offloading game. So straight away 6-5, they're into it. And then, um, But we got back down there and we had another chance. I mean, we had that five metre scrum, which before before that we didn't take, and then we had a line-out in, in the 22, and um, you know, and our line-out's been operating pretty good, and, and we missed that one. They kicked it long, and then Maddie went to catch it, and uh, unfortunately he had taken out, so from that line-out there's a bit of play, and, and Seymour went right through the middle of our, our, um, uh, our defence, from again, from the, the good offloading game. Um, and then straight away from the kickoff, it was a 14-point play where they up the other end, and you know um, Matawala is good at that, uh, similar to Habana, and he um, he read it well and, and got the intercept. So at 96, it probably wasn't a reflection. No, it was probably a reflection of we didn't take out many opportunities and they nailed theirs. Um, but we spoke at half time around um, uh, around calm, and there's no point jump shouting or anything, it's about being really clear on how we get back into this game and, um, and everyone focusing on their jobs so we go for another 28 minutes score one try, miss a lot, uh, miss points and um, you know we're at 19-13 and um, you know we concede a, a, um, another soft try out of, you know, out of nothing and then uh, followed again from a, a scrum that uh, midfield scrum that's, that's poor like our scrum's been again dominant and we it probably sums up. We have a lapse in concentration. They get a good scrum, and you know Seymour's going down the side there and 40 metres away, and then we're, we're scrambling, and then they go through and score a try to, to nail the game. And that probably sums up where we're at. As um, I said to the boys afterwards, that you know 
at the end of the day, we're playing at these sort of games, which is where you learn. And you only learn if you take the learnings from these games as an individual and also as, 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 a, as, as a club, if we take this on board. Because, um, you know, uh, yeah, we're just effectively too long that we play in, in, in our context. When we have, um, you know, again, you've got players in that, that team that are used to playing at this, this level. Yeah, and you look at where they are right now and what Glasgow are doing and what Ulster are doing as well. Yeah. Is there something different about the top four sides playing them at this time of year than maybe earlier in the year? Because, you know, there wasn't a lot of changes from the Connacht side that would have beaten Munster, but it can make a huge difference at this time of year in terms of where Glasgow are at and where Connacht oh, are at. Yeah, I mean, all of those squads you mentioned have 60-plus full-time players. Mm. We have 40. And then 15 are out injured. Uh, to 11, uh, 10 of them are uh, for the rest of the season. So we're down to 25. Uh, a few academy boys out there. That's the difference. And then you've got guys in those squads who play at this level, you know, easy. At Scotland um, or Fiji or, or you know, whatever internationals. And at international rugby, it's a different place. So you can handle this sort of things. And if you look at our shape, you know, you guys would have seen how many chances there are. And But it's been able to execute under this sort of pressure. And that's the learning that we're at. That's what we have to take on board going forward. So, um, you know, everyone loves playing rugby this time of the year. But when you have a collective group of experienced internationals, they can obviously do it a lot better. And that's the challenge for us, and that's the big learning for us. And it'll be really important to you now that this side obviously doesn't takes it to the last day at the very least. You, you want to get those that win oh, over Zebra. Yeah, without a doubt. All we've done, this is what, round 20 now. Uh, we're going into May, and we've controlled our destiny all the way from uh, August, September to now. We've lost that. Um, so all we can do now is, is uh, we just got to go to Zebra and get a win and get a good win. Um, and see what happens, or we can't control that anymore. Um, so it, uh, there's no doubt we've got to pick ourselves up. We've got two weeks to recover, get back into it, and get over to Palmer and get a really good win and put pressure on the ones above us now. <clears throat> How important is it to get that six, please? Oh, it is important for us. That's our big goal. Um, you know, that's, that's where we want to be playing. But, you know, that's what I, got, I said right from day one, is that when you look at uh, all the squads... You know, for the competition, who has the smallest budget? Connectors. Who has the smallest squads? Connectors. Who has the least amount of international? Connectors. So if you look at it, where should we be sitting? We should be operating down at the bottom three, the bottom down the bottom there, because that's that's what we have. But collectively, as a group and our culture, is that guy, these guys work hard. And then you look at the guys who are who are sidelined out with injury. You're bringing in a lot of the group, and, and but 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 when when I say all this, I'm not I'm not complaining. What I'm saying is that's who we are. We we're punching way above our weight, and for us to beat these sort of teams, we have, we actually have to max everything. So we need the all the individual parts collectively. So you you look at uh, you know some of the guys who make good runs, and then. You know, it only takes someone to maybe not pass something. It affects the whole collective. So, um, and uh, again, it's no different. Like you know, I know when I play for the Barbarians, you bring a, you know, guys came from didn't only need it, didn't only we had a couple one training most of the time was at the bar, and um, but quality players can play at a high level easily. Just pick it up. Um, we've got guys who, uh, you know, academy guys who are still learning their trade and, and guys who are only a year or two into professional rugby. And um, but that's why I took this challenge up because I want to see all of these guys come through and then us as a group. When you look at our back row that we've signed going forward, you know, there's about six of them that are all under the 23 and under. And that's exciting. And so we'll see them in the next two, three years. will be massive. And these are the sort of games that will get them to where they need to be. When we're talking about the execution and you're talking about the, the inexperience of the lads and the players, you know, is that where you're talking about someone like Emils Mulyana being presence there, being a vital presence in that back line? Yeah, but, it, but it's, um, you know, it's like I've, I've had 
uh, a lot of experience and I can talk about it, but it's about how you get out there and go through it yourself. It's like we all got kids, you can tell your kids what's right and wrong and what to get through, but until they go through it and learn from it themselves. And um, so ultimately the experience is, uh, you can't just throw, you've played 20 internationals now, that's yours. You have to go through that and you have to earn that. And, and effectively when you talk about lowest budget, we don't, you know, <laughs> 37 internationals, one injured, next one comes in, one comes off, another one comes in. And it's not just Glasgow. I mean, it's we talk about Munster, Leinster, Ulster. You know, I, I look at all those squads and think, geez, look at this, you know. Um, look at the, the quality of the squads they have. And, you know, and, and I know that as we go through recruitment retention is that, um, you know, you can't compete with some of the, you know, there's people that are available that I'd like to get to, but we, we can't compete with, uh, with the other teams. That's just the, where we're at. But but it's rather than focus on what we don't have, it's about focusing what we have. And, and ultimately what I've said from beginning is I want to take this group of guys that we have and just continue to build them. And these are the sort of games that are going to make us better as, as a group that we're playing this sort of rugby now. Are you hoping to expand your squad any by maybe two or three for next season? No money. But, like we said, the likes of Mill leaving, surely you have. No, but, but let's not forget that all the players that are here, I mean, what, what do you th- if guys are off contract and guys have played well, so you look at who have we signed that's been here already. You know, you talk about McKeown's, the Buckley's, everyone says, oh, that's great, we got them. But do you think they're on the same contracts? That's what people forget. So if we want to keep the ones, look, the budget doesn't change. So uh, um, when you're making your decisions, don't forget everyone will be anyone's off contract, and don't forget the more success you have, people's agents and players that have been here, and they deserve some of them deserve more. Mm-hmm. So, so I think that's where people get lost. They think, well, that person's still here. We go get someone else. But money, everyone's wages can can go up if you yeah. perform. And the question is, are they performing? And all of you know the answer to that. That's the challenges that we face. So numbers the same for next year. So well, we'll, we'll confirm all the numbers when we when we when we finish it through. But that's the challenge we have. All I can say, the only thing that is the same is the budget. All right, I'm going to go around the house here and uh, quickly ask the lads, did it give us a chance of finishing seventh? I'm not going to even say six. Look, six is... I think we'll all agree if we finish six, it's probably in the 20% chance now or something like that. Finishing seventh. We'll start with da- Danny. Danny, what do you reckon? 50-50, really. 50-50 for seventh. Yeah, you need a couple of scores. We need a couple of games to go our way. Two wins and results. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you never want you never want other teams doing you a favor. You always want to control, have control of your own destiny. So I always said, being fifty-fifty, maybe a bit less. I think we have a good chance because I think the other two. Can we just point out the other two teams are complete basket cases as well. You cannot go from a thirty-seven nil defeat to a thirty-seven nil win and not be a basket case, which Edinburgh have done. And Scarlets are as likely to win. Are as likely to do exactly the same. And. They're playing each other at some stage. I've made the real bad mistake of even bringing this up now because like, we don't know one of the scores. Damn. <laughs> Anyways, you know, forgive us, folks. When we're recording this, uh, Scarlet still have to play the Dragons. But yeah, overall, how are you feeling right now? It's, it's still possible because, for, because of what brilliant. David just said. You can never be sure. Uh, I mean, it's they, like we have four good teams in this league and a bunch of basket cases. Yeah, um, there are big gaps. Uh, the Scarlets went to Zebra and somehow managed to win I don't think they know how they did it they're playing Dragons today if I had to call it yeah I think we might finish 7th there you go whoa serious positivity yeah Lindley like I mean there is there is a winnable game in Zebra and they can go into the last game of the season with something to play for maybe we need to remember that too after such a disappointment that's never happened before well you know Zebra, Nick, Zebra in two weeks time will, will be um, 
you know, a revealing a revealing match to see one where their head is at and two where their position is at going into the very last game of the season against an Osprey side, which is probably will have nailed its top four at that stage anyway. So that's so there's another possibility there as well. Okay, let's go positive to finish because look, right, the grumpy people will have been well serviced from our earlier chats. Um, the positive people out there might want to just to, just to say like like I said, we're still in contention, all that kind of stuff. So Lindy, some highlights on terms of a positive sense today from me. I'm going to pick out two players. Yeah, just two for now. Ali Muldowney and John Cooney. Cooney made a good impact when he came on. That's something That's something good. We seem to have good options at Scrum Half. Marmion maybe not on the top of his form, but it's no harm then that Cooney's playing so well. Oh, it's great to have John Cooney mm. there. Absolutely brilliant to have another Scrum Half of, of um, a calibre Scrum Half who's, who's eager, willing, well-organised, uh, very competitive. Um, Ali Muldowney has been great all season. Hasn't he? Face it. He, has, he has, to me, he has actually really been the player of the year yeah. and where he's come from and he's taken his chances and he's nailed them and he's just grown in stature with every single match and from a relative newcomer to rugby and then a relative new player comer to Connacht this season he has as I say he's grown so much that he is regarded as now one of the senior players in the squad is he even and I'm going to go two things like one he must be in line for maybe pro 12 team of the season he must be in the shake up for it but is he even in line for some uh, looking in Joe Schmidt's squad in the summer I don't know if he's eligible I was going to ask you was he eligible because I but again, but again, again I'm, I'm oh. we're, we're definitely editing this out if he's not um, <laughs> if, if he isn't there's a few players I think uh, are up there um, I mean Ali's but he's there were times today saying he's literally carrying four guys with him now he was making five years but you're thinking even Glasgow have realised this guy's going to take some stopping. He's been immense. And since Christmas, he's become even more immense because we have lost locks. Like, like we decided we... Like, every time... I was terrified when Delam was coming. I was thinking, oh, God, not another one. But it turns out it was just a, it was just a tactical. Um, he's been immense. He's been immense. Dennis has been immense. Matt has been immense. Um, at some point during the season, every single one of those 15 guys on the pitch has done something absolutely mind-blowingly wonderful. Uh, some, are do, some are still kicking to the end of the season. Some have just dropped off. Hey... That's what happens. We've just realised something while we were talking, is that if we make seventh, the only month in the next 12 months where we're not playing rugby is July, because we've got friendlies lined up in, two home friendlies lined up in August as well. And next season we will make the top six because they will learn from this. So that's my positive. Wow, really? <laughs> wow, that's good. Any, uh, any players stand out for you? The scrum was just stood out for you. Scrum today was, was absolutely excellent. The, the slight problem with modern rugby is the fact that you can dominate the scrum yeah, like it that. Doesn't and, and it doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't matter. I think ever since that second half from Leinster in the Heineken Cup final, scrum stopped battery. Yeah, you, you used to come up and watch a game 10 years ago, and if you dominated a scrum like that, you won the game. Well, you certainly won the game 19 times out of 20. You didn't concede five tries and only scored one. Doesn't, ma- doesn't seem to matter anymore. Yeah. It's, it's becoming almost like sort of a rugby league situation. Matt Williams must be in his element on the beach in Australia. Yeah, you get the ball back into play and away you go. Um, my player for the season actually has been Dennis Buckley. Ooh, good call, yeah. It would be my call. His turnover led to our try, by the way, yes. and I think he scored it in according to the team, even though we all thought Muldowney got it after his winner. Yeah, that, that uh, it wasn't help, it wasn't helping the fact that our postage stamp screen here wasn't having one of its better days. But uh, yeah, that th- that was a good effort all round um, by the pack. But as I say, it, it doesn't guarantee you the win anymore. Maybe it guarantees you a few penalties, but then you have to kick them. Hey, we have some expertise here, so I might as well use uh, Danny one more time. Danny, you called the lineouts for Galwegians Juniors. I think you were even calling them in, in big cup finals. They're certainly on the way to win the Junior Cup. But like, take like it's a whole different world in professional rugby. But maybe give me some insight on what you thought might have went wrong in the lineup because there seemed to be more than just a wobbly throw once in a while. 
it can be anything. It can be just mistiming on a lift, mistiming on a jump, mistiming on the throw. Um, and so you can't even identify, like, you, you really need to know what the call was and then know every detail of it, really, do you? Uh, you don't really. Like, I saw two, two of the lineups that we missed were definitely miss, miss um, lifts from the back. Guys okay. just not making it there in time. Uh, Delan went up at one point and he jumped, and you could see the shock in his face because the guy hadn't, whoever was behind him, I didn't know who it was, had missed him completely. Okay. And, you know, that. That doesn't help you going into your next line-out. You, that sits in your brain. The next line-out you're calling, that one didn't work. They, they got, at, got at us at this one. You know, you have to... It's nearly keeping it simple, but you can't keep it too simple. Like, they did a lot of running around. We messed up. We missed two line-outs. They were doing a lot of dummies, but when we went to simple, Muldowney took it at two. It was perfectly fine, the next line-out. He just took it back to basics and went with it. You can't... We do a lot of movement. We need to. I think we need to cut, cut it back. Just make sure we get the ball. Interesting. We did rectify the lineups as the game went on, but Lindley uh, Patlam did talk about the, the errors. He talked about that a lot, and we obviously have already heard that in this podcast in his interview. But that was key to him, and I'm sure little mistakes in the liner were part of that turning points in the contest. Like, yeah, well, they all add up, don't mm. they? You know, a couple of um, lineouts, ball squirting out of a scrum, or you know, they all add up, and the immense pressure that a team the team was under. Um, that's you know that you know it takes its toll eventually, and it certainly took its toll tonight. Um, they have two weeks now. They need to they need to really put in a, a very clean, error-free performance against Ebre. No one's saying it's going to be easy, even if they do that. But they really do need that, don't they? But if you look at look at this team at the moment, I mean, Alton Delane's now playing. Owen Masterson is now playing. Player of the month last month. You know, the, Bundy, uh, Bundy Ake is back, and it was only the fifth time that himself and, and Robbie Henshaw have played together. Good stat. Turnan O'Holloran has been was out for most of the season. He looked very good today. And looked very good, always broke the gain line and looked looked very good. So when you think about the, the changes in personnel that have taken place due to the injuries, and I know that William said there's no excuse that we have 40 players, 13 are out injured, but on a small squad, on a small squad it does make a huge difference, especially when you're bringing in young players like Holton Delan and Owen Masterson, who, yes, are going to have to rise to the occasion, but why should we expect them to slot into this team and all of a sudden be of international level. We can't expect that. All right, I'm going to go to you, Dave, and then that William goes, because I'm, I'm going to just counter that a little bit, and maybe William will want to as well. But Dave, like having said that, the team that played Munster in our best performance of the season had five changes from this one. Willie Falloon is one of the players who started against Munster, didn't start here. Mastin, every bit as good as him at the moment. You know, you go through some of the others. Obviously, Quinn Roo's a loss to Delan, but there's not enough to cost you five tries to defeat in the game compared to beating Munster. Then you start going through some of the other key players, out half Greg Ronaldson, it all revolves around that, and how big a loss he was. Fullback Mills Molina versus but Tiernan O'Halloran. Based on form, Mills Molina's form since Christmas has been very, very bad. So Tiernan O'Halloran's given you an upgrade. I'm, I'm not sure it, it comes down to just personnel. But they're not machines. You're not replacing a car part with another car part. You're replacing human beings with all the other parts of their life and all their personal... And how something goes... So are the other teams. Yeah. Everyone else is as well. Yeah, but... None of our players yeah. on that pitch today have been in anything like this situation before. They have no idea what's going to happen next. All of the Glasgow players, the 22, they, had, they named 25 months. No. But they, they should have known what was going to happen at halftime. When, like, when you're coming to halftime and you start thinking to yourself, like, keep your composure. Don't force it, Matt Healy. Don't force, it, force that trying to keep the ball into like play just because you missed your chance. Okay, Rob, I'll, bring, I'll make this simple. There's no reason why you can't have a bit of composure in that. that that's like knowing you need extra batteries for your recorder. Doesn't necessarily oh mean God, you won't bring no extra batteries. That. <laughs> that's what happens. Things can happen. Things can go wrong. 
things can go wrong, even though you know what's going to happen, it doesn't necessarily mean you can prevent them from happening. And that's what happened. They are learning curve. I swear to God, guys, we will be in the top six next year because they, if they haven't learned from this, then we've got a big issue. And the thing about it is, at the end of the day, go back to the beginning of the season. Who at the beginning of the season would have said Connett, with three matches to go, would have still been contesting the top six? I've, I've been saying this all along. I totally agree with you. But, William, we've conceded ten tries in two games. Yeah, we have, but they are to the top teams in the league, so maybe the schedulers need to have a little look at it, because whoever... I drew... believe you just jumped to schedulers. Schedler, no. Go on, whatever. <laughs> schedulers. Uh, look, I, we, won't, we won't finish in the top six next year if we keep playing like this and if we don't get in some players. That's my belief. Uh, I'm only looking at it as a fan. Uh, Cardiff will come back to life next year and Sonecli will not make the same amount of errors as they have done this season. My fear is this was our year to grab it. Circumstances maybe have worked against us, but the two Cardiff defeats, the home performance against it, it's small things like that have absolutely nailed us to the floor. And seventh is actually going to be a disappointing best place if that happens because that playoff is is a, is a nightmare um, and we're not going to do a 50% season either so I think this is I think we actually reached agreement everyone can agree with you on that Lindley any final thoughts give me something I've said enough you've said enough <laughs> wow that, that you all should listen to Lindley now and you don't have to have a rant every week Danny thanks for joining us no problem Dave, rant. It is ten past four. It's quarter past four. What? It's quarter past four. Why are we recording this at quarter past four on a Saturday afternoon? <laughs> that is my rant. That's we good. should be doing this in six hours' time. I am not going to... I, my natural instinct is I need a point after this. It's quarter past four. It's just wrong. William Davis has a brilliant rant that you all need to listen to. Go for it. Arrived up here today to renew my season ticket to discover that they weren't actually renewing season tickets today when you've got people coming into the ground probably thinking I'll renew my season oh, ticket wait, William, today. there was a big announcement on the stadium saying that if you renew before Monday you get the early bird price so you, can, you couldn't do it here today I couldn't do it here today. Uh, I can't do it online at the moment because I have an issue, security issue with my computer. So I'm going to have to troop up here on Monday, which I will do. But if you were living maybe 30 miles away, coming in to do that, it just seems very sloppy. Should have been pushed and pushed and pushed. Get the money from the people when they're in the mood to buy it. Second rant is going to have to be the music. We've already <laughs> done that one. And we'll do the third. been building up for a while is the issue of TG4 and the fact that they don't provide an English language commentary. Oh, he went there. He went there. Which BBC Alba and S4C in Wales are able to do behind their red buttons. Not available on all platforms. Uh, Don't have a problem with the presentation being in Irish or the interviews, although most of the interviews are in English because Bruce from Wagga Wagga doesn't speak Irish. But... They've got to sort this out, in my opinion, because it's, 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 I just find it infuriating. And it's not technologically that difficult, uh, but I just think they're afraid to do it because they think it'll destroy the Irish language, which it won't. Wales and Scotland can do it. Took them a while. TG4 need to look at it for next season. That's it from us. Thanks, William. We're not going to uh, take it any further because he's finished it well. Thanks, folks. Thanks, Danny. Thanks, everyone.